Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is so good to win. It is so good to overcome. Hallelujah. And that's God's will for us. Every time the scripture said he, he always causes us to triumph. So believe there is an answer. Believe there is help no matter what you're dealing with. Believe it before you see it and he'll cause you to see it and find it. Father, we all agree together about this today. Asking you for the utterance that only you can give. Asking you for the illumination that only you can give. The answers the grace, the anointing and supply of the Spirit that, that quickens us and makes us strong to overcome. We say, Lord, get glory to yourself in us, in every part of our lives, in every way. And we know that glory includes victories in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you look please in Mark, the ninth chapter again, continuing in our study of these individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus. We've studied them one by one, these 20 accounts. We're down to number 13, and it's the healing of what the Scripture calls the lunatic uh, son. And in uh, Mark 9, and about verse uh, 14, it says, When Jesus came to his disciples... He saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. He asked the scribes, what question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought to you my son which has a dumb spirit. Now what we see is that Jesus frequently dealt with spirits. Not in every situation, no, but frequently. It, it was a common thing that he commanded spirits to leave. And when the spirits left, the problem was no longer. Now, in modern society, uh, there's a whole lot of people that think they are too educated to believe that. And I don't know what other folks think. They think, well, you know, what well, Jesus had to deal with that, but... I guess that was just a problem they had back then. <laughs> no, no. Spiritual things are real. We are spirit beings. We live in a body, but we're spirits. And you can exist apart from your body. And you, you won't be changing to something else. You'll still be you. You are not a body. You live in a body. You, you are, uh, are spirit and soul. And so, uh, if you believe the Bible, 
we are spirits because we've been created by the Father of spirits. God himself is spirit. And he has created other beings that are not human, angels. If you believe the Bible, you have to believe that too. They are not human, and yet they are real, and they are individuals, and they vary. There's, there's different kinds of angels. They're uh, cherubim, and, and there are various kinds, and archangels, and there's a whole rank. Uh, and there are, God is called the, the Lord of hosts, and the hosts represent many <laughs> many of these beings. Sometimes people ask, you know, with a puzzled look, looking up in the night sky, wonder if there's life out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wonder if there's any life outside of uh, Terran, you know. If there, are there extraterrestrials? Oh, yeah. Always have been. Um, in fact, we are the Johnny-come-latelys, <laughs> human beings, to some of this. And there's a whole other group uh, which are different kinds of beings too, evil spirits, ungodly spirits, unclean spirits. They're also called demons, but I almost don't like using that word sometimes because people have a Hollywood idea <laughs> of, of demon, and, and, that, and they think monster <laughs> and something that just scare you, uh, you know, out of your wits, and that is not reality. They are fallen, stripped, defeated beings, and they seek to manipulate and control through deception, through lies, through trickery. And we as children of God, if you think right, you have no fear of them at all, and you're bold to stop their operations when you become aware of them by the authority that's been given in the name of Jesus. Now, in order for us to see the kind of results and, and the kind of miracles and deliverances and healings that we read about here, we have to do it the same way. We can't ignore what he did. You can't say, well, yeah, I know we have similar sounding problems, but, uh, you know, I, ooh, that bothers me. I'm scared of all that spirit stuff. And, well, I, I'm just me. I don't think I could rebuke and say, well, you'll get no results. Because the, you can't do it a different way than Jesus did it and get the same result. You got to do it the way he did it. If that was what was wrong then, it's still what's wrong now. If that's the way to deal with it, then it's still the way to deal with it now. He said, my son has this dumb spirit. And he described what happened, how he foams and convulses and falls and, and all that. And Jesus points out the problem, why the results have not already manifested. He said, oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And uh, I believe it could be, you could understand it this way. When the spirit saw Jesus, <laughs> he immediately went into his thing. 
And the boy goes into a convulsion and fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And this is interesting to me. Uh, instead of Jesus going, oh, no, oh, what in the world? <laughs> instead of that, he just looks over at his father and says, how long has this been going on? <laughs> and the boy is laying there writhing. And there's a lesson here. I said, there's a lesson here. The enemy is counting on shocking you and scaring you into panic. And see, panic paralyzes. And, and, and the enemy is hoping to do that to you, that he will scare you and shock you and just uh, alarm you and you'll just kind of freeze. Or either just want to get away, but you won't stop him. You won't deal with him. And so it didn't do that to Jesus. Jesus was cool. You know what I mean by that? Calm, collected. And you also got to remember, he just came out of the glory. Is that right? I mean, he just had a protracted conversation with Moses. And Elijah, he just heard the audible voice of the Father right out of the sky. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him, he told them. And so the boy is convulsing and foaming and, and screaming. And, and Jesus looks over at his dad and says, uh, how long has this been going on? Now, for one thing, is it necessary to ask such a question? I don't believe Jesus did unnecessary things, right? He said everything he did, he did what he saw the Father do. So apparently uh, there is some need for some understanding in these situations. You just got to be led by the Spirit. He said, how long uh, has this been going on, basically? And the, the Father said, uh, since he was a child. So apparently he's not a child any longer, but maybe not a grown adult either. I don't know. Maybe he's in the middle somewhere. But this has been going on for years. Years. He said, and oftentimes this thing has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, Actually, the if you can believe is King James. There's a real emphasis on the phrase, if you can. And the Lord repeated to him his phrase. What happened is the man said, if you can, do something, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible to him that believes. In other words, it's not a matter of if you can, if we can. And see this, you can see how relevant this is because the nine disciples already had authority, right? And when the Father said they couldn't do it, that's not a true statement. That's what he thought, that's what it appeared to. But so he says, so the Father is saying basically, you know, I've already tried your guys, and they couldn't do it. 
But if you can do something, they couldn't do it. <laughs> but if you can, because see, by now, he, they've already experienced failure, right? And public failure. Then the scribes showed up, made a circus out of it, right? Out of their failure. Well, you know, the father's not enjoying this out there with his boy and all this going on. And, and so then he says, so, I mean, they couldn't do anything, but if you can, please have compassion on us and help us. And the Lord says, if you can, believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen. And those words must have pierced the man because he just kind of cries out in response, I believe. Then he goes, help my unbelief. We'll talk more about that in a bit. And when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. Everybody said out loud, he rebuked, he rebuked the, foul spirit. the foul spirit. Was this a key part of this miracle? Is this a big part? Of this boy's deliverance and healing. Big part. Tell me again what he did. Jesus rebuked. He's not, on this now. He's not talking to the father. He's not talking to the son. He's not praying to his father. What's he talking to? A spirit. An unclean spirit. A foul spirit. An evil spirit. He um, he rebuked the foul spirit. He addressed it specifically and personally. You dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, we'd say, I command you, come out of him and enter no more into him. And I like that last phrase too, don't you? I mean, you, you, didn't, you don't see that all the time. You don't hear him say that all the time. But on this occasion, he not only commanded him to leave, but told him he could never come back. I want you to hear that language. I want it to get down in your spirit. I want you to say it out loud. Would it be okay to say Bible words? Yes. Huh? Yes. Then say it out loud. You dumb and deaf spirit. You dumb and deaf spirit. I command you. I command you. Come out of him. Come out of him. And enter no more into him. And enter no more into him. How's that feel? Huh? How's that feel? Huh? If it's right for Jesus to do it, is it okay for us to do it? Some would say, oh, no, no, you shouldn't. That just bothers me. Who do you think? Come on, have you read the other scriptures? Jesus said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. John 14. You can't do the works Jesus did except doing them the way he did them. How did he do them? He walked in authority. And this was something that was the, one of the first things people noticed about his ministry. That it was different from other things they had seen and heard because of the authority. They noticed it straight off. Somebody say authority. 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 Now the scripture tells us, we're going to look at that in just a moment, but 1 John 3.8, if you want to turn there, 
They'll put it on the board for us. Tells us why Jesus came. You, you couple this with John 10.10. 10. It paints a more complete picture. We saw John 10.10 10 said, The thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And in 1 John, this is the same individual that the Spirit of God is using to pen this, 1 John 3.8. The latter part of it says, For this was the Son of God manifested, or for this purpose or reason, that he might, the King James says, destroy the works of the devil. But that word destroy can be, in my mind, more accurately translated undo. Undo. Listen to the Amplified. This is 1 John 3.8. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Weymouth says it in a similar way. He said, the Son of God appeared for the purpose of undoing the work of the devil. Don't you like that? Undoing what the devil did. Can't you see that with this boy? Right? What did the devil do to this boy? He had made him dumb where he couldn't talk. He had affected him mentally, emotionally, physically, seizures, convulsions. He's trying to kill him in fires and fires and, and bodies of water. And what did Jesus do? He undid. Hallelujah. He undid what the devil did. Right? And, that, and Jesus said, that's why, well, excuse me, the Spirit of God through John said, that's why Jesus came. That's, that's why he was manifested. That's why he was shown and revealed was to undo the works of the devil. Undo all the things the devil has done. Now, it's certainly true when it comes to deliverance and healing, but it's bigger than that. <laughs> it's as big as all of redemption itself. It, see, it even covers the new earth <laughs> and the new heaven. Can you see what I'm saying? When the Lord gets through with all this, it's going to be like the devil never existed. Like all this stuff never even happened. Whew. He and all his are going to be removed from human contact and they're going to be separated and contained in the lake of fire forever and God is creating new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse. Amen. Well, I mean, that's like Garden of Eden. That's like before the fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you and I, we're special in this thing. We're special to God because we are the redeemed. And apparently there will be other beings that come after us. But um, we will always know what it was like in a cursed earth. We will know what it was like in a death-filled, pain-filled place. We are the redeemed. Amen. We are the ones that were bought out of this death and curse and chaos. Hallelujah. <laughs> that were saved and blood bought and blood washed 
He's giving everybody on the planet, all the billions on the planet, generation after generation, he's giving all of us the opportunity to choose him, to believe him, to follow him, to be part of his. And it is so sad that millions are not. They are choosing to to reject him. But those who do receive him, to them he gives power to become the sons of the living God. And I'm convinced past this life, nobody will ever be able to convince us to rebel against God. I'm not saying we'll lose our will. We won't. But we were here. (laughs) We know what death is. We know how bad it is. We know what Jesus had to do to get us out of this. And so we're never forsaking him. We're never leaving him. Nobody will be able to get us to turn against him or rebel against him. I'm talking about throughout the ages to come into eternity. We're his. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's ours. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But between now and then, <laughs> we got some stuff to deal with. And the Lord exercised this authority. Everybody say authority. 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 And he used this authority to undo the works of of the devil. Undo what the devil had done. And this is why it's so frustrating to the enemy. The anointing of God removes burdens and destroys yokes. And it can take the devil decades to get some of these yokes in place. (laughs) And the anointing can shatter them in a moment of time. (laughs) Got to be frustrating for the enemy. You know, decades of work, poof, gone. (laughs) And they're free as can be after all that work. (laughs) But your and my job is to work with the Holy Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom to work with Him in undoing all of the devious, destructive stuff that the devil has been able to accomplish in people's lives. Everybody say, I'm, I'm on mission. I'm, on mission. I'm, available I'm available to use this authority, use this authority. To, undo to undo all the works, all the, works. The, devil the devil has done. To undo it. To undo it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're there in Mark, go back, or at least you were at one time, go back to Mark 1 and notice how Jesus' ministry started. Like I said, there there was this thing that stood out about it. Mark 1 and 21, they went to Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught, Mark 1, 21. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Now, astonished is a strong word. Doesn't just mean they were mildly surprised. They were, we might use the word flabbergasted. They, they were just like, whoa. At what? For he taught them as one that had authority and not 
as the scribes. There was a marked difference between what they had been hearing from those that had multiple degrees in theology and Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because they're talking traditions of the elders. They're talking this could be and, and this one postulates this idea and, and we think and we just don't know and it could be. And Jesus comes in and goes, this is how it is. <laughs> this is what's wrong and this is what fixes it. I'm here and the anointing's on me and it can happen for you right now today. <laughs> and the people went, Whoa, I mean, it blew their hair back and they're like, now this is different. They looked at me and said, boy, this ain't the scribes now, is it? <laughs> not uh, belligerent, not haughty, not proud, just sure. Come on, are y'all with me, everybody? The difference between somebody who's wandering and theorizing and guessing and somebody who knows. Somebody who knows. They didn't know the Father. He did. Hmm? They're wondering about this and that. He knew. <laughs> he was sure. And so that's how he taught. And that's how he preached. Why am I talking about this? We can't get results wavering and wondering. James says the person who wavers is uns, uh, unstable. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And we're going to see this as we get into this further. This is a big issue that what the man said, help me, help my unbelief, help him with what? And this is what he's talking about. Getting rid of this, can you see that? Getting rid of this vacillation and this wavering and this maybe it will. I don't know what if it doesn't. I hope it does. We just are not sure. Faith doesn't talk like that. Faith says God said it. This is how it is. When we do this, this is what happens. Hallelujah. Yeah, but what if? No what ifs. No what ifs. This is how it is. And you'll find that this shocks religion to this day. Right? They, they don't want you to say this is how it is and this is what's wrong and this is what we got to do to make it right. Uh, well, no, because then it's all over but the doing. Right? But as long as you can be ambiguous and wonder and waver and theorize all over, then you don't have to do anything or change anything. You can just talk about it for the next 10 years. Jesus is not just an empty talker. He's a doer. And you're not just an empty talker. Somebody say, I'm not an empty talker. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Doers get results, hallelujah. Doers get results. And we're out of time again. These times go by pretty quickly, don't they? As you can see, we're not done. Come back tomorrow and let's find out how to be bold just like Jesus. 
and get results just like Jesus. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.